Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn. Thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday, December 26th, day after Christmas. Hope everybody had a great holiday. Uh, I certainly had an interesting holiday, spent most of it in the emergency room uh, looking after one of my relatives, but everything's doing well right now doing all right. Wanted to get back into the podcast game right now. Solo pod for me today. Uh, Didn't want to bother a guest during this holiday season. Going to do my best to get through this and and have a good time just providing a general overview of the Nuggets numbers as far as the first 31 games have gone. Also have a QA and a lined up with Denver Nuggets fans Asked everybody on Twitter if they had some questions yesterday. Uh, Got some good questions lined up for the second half of the show. But to start things off, I wanted to break down the general statistical profile of the Denver Nuggets. Um, Lots of interesting things going into this. Uh, I took a look at the win-loss record, their Pythagorean win-loss record, which is basically how they're performing statistically what that says about what their record should be versus what their record actually is. Uh, I took a look at their offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating, and just wanted to see whether they were progressing as well as we thought they would be over the course of the season. Uh, Lots of interesting numbers in here, so sit back and and let's see what we can do. All right, so to start things off, Win-loss record. Nuggets are obviously 21-10 and 10 so far. Their Pythagorean win-loss, as I just explained, uh, a statistical quantification of what the win-loss record should be based off of how the Nuggets are playing, that is also 21-10. and 10. The difference between the Pythagorean and the regular win-loss record generally says whether a team is getting lucky or unlucky in terms of the numbers. Um, or whether a team's margin of victory is is proving them to be a far more superior opponent than a lot of other teams. For example, the Golden State Warriors usually have a Pythagorean win-loss record that's very high. Uh, that's because they win by a large margin of victory and blow out a lot of teams, especially over the course of the Stephen Curry-Kevin Durant era. Uh, the Nuggets have done a very similar thing. They're 21 and 10 uh, for their Pythagorean win loss, which basically says that they're right in line with where their record is. Uh, that says they they are just who they are. They're a 21 and 10 team, which I think generally surpassed a lot of expectations for most fans. Offensive rating is now 111.0. That is eighth in the NBA. And I think that's 
probably a surprise for most fans who have seen the the numbers dip in terms of the shooting percentages for guys like Nikola Jokic, uh, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. All of those guys have really shot uh, from the perimeter kind of under their general totals. Um, the reason why they are so good, though, um, Nikola Jokic is has just turned himself into an elite playmaker, as everybody can see visually. Uh, the B-Ball Index, Basketball Index on Twitter, they had a, a metric that quantifies a player's playmaking. Uh, they actually call it their playmaking metric. Uh, on that list of t- the top 10 players in their playmaking metric, uh, Nikola Jokic came in fourth. He is one of the best playmakers in the NBA and one of the only playmakers in the NBA that's that good that it's, that is also not a guard. He's the only non-guard on that list that features guys like James Harden and Chris Paul and all of these excellent point guards that you generally think of when you think of, hey, this guy's an excellent playmaker. Well, Nikola Jokic has really proven himself to be on that list, and it has really elevated the Nuggets for sure. The next reason why their offense is so good is the four factors. If you don't know what the four factors are, they are a listing of stats that are generally accepted as the the largest indications of a team's success on both sides of the court, uh, effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding percentage, and a team's free throw rate as opposed to their total field goals attempted. Between those four things, the Nuggets are generally seen as a, a very solid team on both sides of the floor, uh, offensively especially. Uh, last year, they had a, a solid effective field goal percentage, and though it has dropped this year, the primary reason why the Nuggets have maintained their success comes from the excellent play of Monty Morris and just that the Nuggets have done a great job of limiting their turnovers as opposed to last year, where Emmanuel Moutier's turnover percentage was more than double what Monty Morris was. Devin Harris, a, a savvy veteran, was still turning the ball over at a at kind of an average rate, but Monty Morris's turnover percentage is just absurdly low for a point guard. Somebody who handles the ball as much as he does, averaging 25 minutes per game, only 7% on the year which is an, an incredible number. Uh, it's a historical number. Um, guys are very uh, very excited about what Monty Morris has done so far. He's truly proven that he belongs on the floor and that his excellent assist-to-turnover ratio at, at Iowa State, something that led the NCAA and is actually the, the leading mark in a career for NCAA history, is not a fluke. So that's very, very interesting. Um the other thing is offensive rebounding. Uh, offensive rebounding, Denver has actually increased their offensive rebounding percentage this year. Really surprising stuff, I would say, uh, given the way that the league has generally moved away from offensive rebounds. Uh, the Nuggets have gone the other way. They have truly attacked the glass, and it has not hurt them yet in their transition defense, which uh very surprising. Uh, I, I didn't think I would ever see a Nuggets team defend as well in transition as the Nuggets are this year. Uh, they've done a great job of hustling back, and, and even while crashing the glass, they they pick up guys and have been very smart. Um, 
And then the last thing about the offense being as good as it is, uh, Nikola Jokic and Monty Morris, as as I had stated pre- previously, they're the only two nuggets in ESPN's offensive RPM top 40. So Jokic is at ninth, Morris is in the 30s. Uh, nobody like Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, even Wancho Hernan Gomez, who seems to grade out very well in these advanced metrics. None of those guys are playing up to that par as well as, as Jokic and Morris. Those two have been inarguably uh, Denver's two most valuable offensive players this year. Uh, Morris with how well he's controlled the ball, how how great he's been as a three-point shooter. Jokic with as, as excellent as he has been a playmaker. Uh, he's developed as a scorer much more as guys have gone down. It's been a big deal. Been a really, really big deal for the Nuggets. Uh, how can they get better, though? Uh, eighth is not quite as great as they were last season, uh, and it's it's not as great as they were the year before either. Uh, this is a team that, with Nikola Jokic, you should probably be a top-five offense, and the Nuggets just haven't been this year. Uh, I would say that reinforcements will definitely help Denver. Uh, will Barton, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap – all of those guys should be back. All of those guys are starter caliber. They are definitely going to be a major addition to the Nuggets roster uh, and to their lineup when things come back into form. Uh, Denver will have to play the guys who shoot well. Torrey Craig has not shot the ball very well. Trey Lyles has not shot the ball very well. Both of those guys are hurting the Nuggets on the offensive end for the most part, and that has to change in my opinion. Um. Uh, in addition, Murray, Harris, and Jokic, they have to shoot the ball better. Like They can't come off the floor. Those guys are clearly the present and the future of the Nuggets organization. But in order for them to kind of earn that standing and, and repeatedly earn it and, and elevate the Nuggets to the top five offense that Nuggets fans know that they can be, they have to shoot better. All are shooting under 33% from the perimeter right now. All were better than 37% last year. That has to change, and if it's finding a a balance between the expending of energy on defense or if it's uh, just getting better, getting better on the conditioning side where clearly it's, it's hard to play 48 minutes per game or a full 48 minutes uh, when you're playing top 10 offense and top 10 defense. Guys get very tired like when you have to expend that much energy on both ends something's going to struggle. So for the Nuggets and for Murray Harris and Jokic especially, it's been their perimeter shooting. As they get back into a rhythm, as they add more pieces to the puzzle, as guys kind of lower their expected minute loads per per game, I really think that that'll help. That'll definitely alleviate a lot of the stress on those three current guys. And I think that that'll definitely be a big deal. So the Nuggets' defense is at 105.3 defensive rating that ranks 7th in the NBA thus far. Why is the Nuggets' defense this good this year? Well, it's, it's it doesn't really make a lot of sense in all honesty. Uh, the Nuggets don't have major new additions to the roster, although Paul Millsap only played 38 games last year. He was there. He was he was there for the other. He was there for those thirty-eight, and the Nuggets definitely did not defend during that time, uh, quite as well as they're defending this year. 
no defenders were incredibly are incredibly physically gifted players. Uh, I, you look all up and down Denver's roster, and there's there's no Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's no Anthony Davis protecting the rim. Uh, Rudy Gobert, or Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic is the one protecting the rim, and and Paul Millsap is the one uh, rotating from the weak side. So it's been very interesting seeing what Denver has done to get to the defensive improvement that they've had. Uh, Denver's profile of giving up shots doesn't really make sense either. They give up a high number of corner threes and a high number of shots at the rim. Uh, they don't give up a lot of mid-rangers, but if you're a defense, you want to you want the opposing offense to take a lot of mid-range shots. So what gives? Uh, it's very surprising. Um, I think the biggest point that I can make here is that buy-in to the scheme and to the culture has been the most important thing, a, a true culture change. It's one of the reasons why Michael Malone definitely deserves consideration for the coach of the year position. Uh, what can you say about the guy? He, he helped turn a 26th defensive rated team into what is now the seventh best defense, what has been a top five defense for most of the season and, and may still get back to that point after a few good games. Paul Millsap certainly has changed a lot. But he's injured now, and, and the Nuggets have mostly defended reasonably well without him. I think I think a lot of that has to come down to Nikola Jokic's growth. Nikola Jokic has made a lot of improvements this year, both mentally and physically. Uh, smart positioning has helped him. He's anticipating rotations better. He's mentally engaged and using his his true basketball IQ to understand that he can impact the game defensively, even without being much of a leaper. He has a 7-3 wingspan, and he's been using all of it to accumulate steals. Uh, he's one of the best steal, like he, he grabs the most steals, uh, I think, of any starting center. So I have to check that stat for sure, but it's, it's that steal rate is very, very high. Um, another thing, Mason Plumley. He has anchored an excellent bench unit defensively with him on the floor, Plumley. Uh, Plumley lineups have been a 101.2 defensive rating this year. Plumley off the floor, 103.7 defensive rating this year. Now, what that says to me is that Denver gets into some trouble um, when there are certain moves that are made and then there's certain garbage time that happens. Uh, the Trey Lyles lineups have, have been a little bit of a struggle. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether those numbers reflect uh, any changes with Plumlee in the lineup, uh, in the starting lineup for a, a foreseeable future, because I don't see Paul Millsap coming back within the next three weeks or so. Uh, but he's had major improvement over the last year. He's He's also accumulating a lot of steals. He's accumulating more blocks this year. Uh, just been an excellent captain defensively been really impressed with what he has done, and so have many Nuggets fans and national writers. Uh, Plumlee has really taken to his role as somebody who wanted to be a starting center, but has since kind of stepped off of that and and has accepted the role he's been given and excelling in that. So props to him. He has totally earned his contract this year. Uh, last thing, schematic changes have been well-documented. Uh, but 
for Denver to have a good defensive scheme, they still have to execute that defensive scheme. And I think that with the addition of smarter players into the lineup, with guys knowing each other and having more chemistry this year, uh, guys know that they can trust everybody behind them. Uh, Monty Morris has, has done a great job of just stepping into a role and providing solid defense, even though he's not the most physically gifted person out there. Nikola Jokic, same thing. He's really bought into the movement aspect of this stuff. So Michael Malone has to be very pleased with what he's seen. I know I am. I could never have seen this team being a top 10 defense, especially with the injuries that they have sustained so far. Finally, net rating. Uh, net rating is a at a plus 5.8 net rating, which is fifth in the NBA. It really just says that this team is seriously good. Uh, they have a they have some good players that are really going to come back pretty soon, I expect. I expect a, a reasonably similar pace over the next 30 games. Uh, if we're not careful, this Nuggets team could, could end up being 35 and 20 or, or 40 and 30 uh, way down the line. And it's, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing whether they can keep up this pace as they integrate new guys into the lineup. All right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in to Nuggets Numbers this week. Wanted to go to a, a little mini Q&A uh, talk with some Nuggets fans, ask them what they think about some of the upcoming points this season, just general NBA things, but also some more statistical things. Uh, got some good questions here, so going to let you in on that little secret. Uh, from at Mr. Spencer, uh, my genuine curiosity, and I know you don't know and can't tell based on the extremely vague injury reports the Nuggets keep giving, but give us your best guess at the number of games IT, Jared Vanderbilt, Barton, Gary Harris, Millsap, those guys play this year. He says, I'm assuming Michael Porter Jr. never plays. And and I agree. I think that that's probably the best assumption. And I would honestly assume the same for Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, they, the Nuggets, want to keep those guys in bubble wrap for the foreseeable future uh, simply because there's no reason to rush any of those guys back. Uh, Trey Lyles has had his struggles, but he's still one of the better backup point uh, power forwards in the NBA. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez has been a great floor spacer and he's contributed to a solid team defense product this year. Uh, he's been great. Malik Beasley has stepped up to the table. Will Barton will be coming back very soon. There's just not a lot of room in the rotation right now for those guys. And while those guys being in the rotation and or close to the rotation would be good, I don't really expect the Nuggets to rush them back anytime soon. And from what I've heard, that's that's not what the expectation is at all. They they really want to give those guys as much time as possible to heal and be 110%. Um, as for the other guys, uh, I believe that Will Barton is the next player to come back, and he should probably be back within the next week or so. I wouldn't expect him in the next few games just because we haven't had great updates over the last week. But January 1st versus the Knicks, 
uh, seems like a very reasonable time for him to come back. Gary Harris is probably going to follow him up pretty closely. Uh, those guys seem to be pretty tied together in their rehab. Uh, I don't necessarily expect him to be back January 1st, but early January seems to be very reasonable. Um, Paul Millsap, he was initially given the timetable by Sham Sharania uh, four to six weeks out. Uh, that was on December 10th. Um, four weeks would put him at January 8th. Six weeks puts him at January 22nd or so. Uh, I would expect him to kind of be at the longer end of that timetable just because I've, from what I've heard from uh, people that are at or around practice, he's not really getting going that that strongly. Uh, he's he's taking his time and as he should be to, to heal up and you don't want any complications from a broken bone. That's definitely not something that the Nuggets want to deal with for the rest of the season after dealing with Paul Millsap's uh, torn ligament in his wrist. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. I would guess that he was probably out until mid to late January, but kind of like what Adam Morris has touched on with the, the locked on nuggets podcast, it's going to be tough for the nuggets to integrate Will Barton, then integrate Gary Harris in a few games later, and then integrate Paul Millsap a few games later. Uh, a lot of team, a lot of players' roles are going to change very quickly over the next um, next month or so. Uh, we're going to really see who sticks into the rotation and who's cut from it. Uh, I'd expect Tory Craig to probably go back to receiving little to no minutes, but you can't really cut Malik Beasley at this point. You can't really cut Wancho Hernan Gomez at this point. Those guys have been great. Uh, Trey Lyles may be the next guy who who receives a big cut in minutes, and that's going to be. That's going to be a tough one. Um, with regard to Isaiah Thomas, I am very hesitant to give a firm timetable that I think he would be back by. I obviously don't have that much information. Uh, the Nuggets have not released a timetable at all. Uh, reading between the lines here, I wouldn't expect to see him back in the month of January. That's for sure. Uh, maybe February, maybe March, maybe April, but the way that he has handled the situation, the way that there have been very limited updates other than watching him shoot jumpers every now and then, uh, haven't seen him do a lot of, uh, agility work and nor, nor should there be any requirement, then he might be doing a lot of that behind closed doors anyway. But the fact that we haven't seen a ton of that is pretty indicative. I would say that he's not really close to returning. So, I would hold out any thought of Isaiah Thomas being kind of a major contributor for the Nuggets this season. Next question, uh, my friend Russ Hamilton uh, at rscottham on Twitter asks, as he is out the longest, what kind of production do you expect from Will Barton when he returns? I'd expect him to start out his first few games with a minutes restriction uh, that's kind of normally what the process that Michael Malone goes through. He'll he'll integrate guys slowly back into the rotation. I guess that that would be coming off the bench as well. I don't think Malone wants to throw him out against the starters immediately for the opposing team. Give him some easy time, run with the bench, run off ball next to Monty Morris. Uh, that's kind of what I expect his role to be for at least a week or two when he comes back. Uh, playing mostly off-ball, starting at around 15 minutes, then working it up to 20 to 25 to 30. 
until he feels comfortable returning to a starting role. I think once he feels comfortable, then the starting role is his. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets to that point before Gary Harris comes back, because I think that the best thing for the Nuggets to do at that point would be for him to start at shooting guard next to Wancho Hernan Gomez. But the Nuggets may want a defensive guy in their backcourt with Torrey Craig still out there. So going to be interesting to see what he does. As far as actual numbers, I would say that he will put up solid counting stats. Uh, he has always really put up solid counting numbers. I think last year he had, I have it here, 15.7 points, 4.1 assists. He had 5.5.0 rebounds, which very good rebounding production from a guard. Uh, I'd expect those numbers to probably go slightly down initially. Uh, I have it pegged here at around 14 points, three assists, four rebounds. I'd say about 35% from three. He's probably going to be a little bit rusty. I wouldn't expect him to be elite shooter Will Barton immediately out of the gate. If he is, then more kudos to him. He's an incredible player, and I hope he gets healthy as quickly as possible. Uh, last question here at bballer120. What chance do the Nuggets have to finish as the top seed in the West? I actually do have some numbers here. Uh, Golden State is projected to have one more win than Denver by ESPN. Uh, Denver's projected of a 53 and 29 record, while Golden State's at 54 and 28. Uh, 538 actually projects a larger margin of of uh, win totals with favoring Golden State. Uh, Golden State's projected at 58 and 24, while the Nuggets are projected at 53 and 29. Uh, so I'd put it at roughly about 15. percent uh, 15% that Denver finishes in first place in the West. They certainly might, but there are a lot of teams out there uh, that could definitely push them out. Oklahoma City's been playing really well, just not against Denver, apparently. Uh, Golden State is obviously Golden State, and they'll get re reinforcements when DeMarcus Cousins comes back. Um, Utah is playing better. Uh, watch out for Houston as well. They're also 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, James Harden has been unbelievable. He's playing like an MVP candidate again. So averaging over 32 points per game, like that's absurd. Uh, he's he's and been an excellent player for them for just too many years, I would say. Uh, but again, I don't expect Denver to keep up this 56-win pace that they're on right now. I think they'll probably drop that down to about 52 to 53 wins, kind of in line with where... ESPN and 538 have them pegged right now. They've proven that they're a very good team. I don't think they're the best team in the West, and I don't think that they'll lead the West at the end of the day, uh, just because there will be some growing pains bringing some guys back. And when they do bring those guys back, that um, Denver's schedule just gets harder. So as, as February, March, and April hit, that schedule is going to really get tough. So we'll just have to see how that goes. I would expect Denver to finish around 52 and 30, 53 and 29, but I don't expect that to lead the West. All right, well, I think that's going to do it, guys. Uh, again, thank you for tuning into Nuggets Numbers. I am Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. This is the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Uh, please give everybody a follow. Uh, Brendan Vote had uh, a great podcast with Vic Vela uh, last Friday. Really enjoyed that. Talked a lot about uh, some of the intricacies of being in the media, but also some very hard conversations uh, just about uh, 
drugs and and some some interesting topics in there that uh, Vic is very open with his life about. So really fun conversation there, really interesting conversation there that I think is very enlightening for a lot of people. Uh, again, check out all of our new content at Denver Stiffs. We'll definitely have some new things going up after the holiday season. Going to have a lot of fun. So I will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you guys very much, and we'll see you soon.